are tenaciously being. My name is Rather. I'm your host. This is the place where we get to be real about this wild and crazy journey called life. We're going to talk about both the beautiful blessings and the cringy, crunchy, confusing parts of being human, all from a place of unconditional love. We get to create this life. We get to choose how to be in the world. It's time to disregard the shoulds and forge our own path. We've forgotten that this is our opportunity and possibly how to do it. Let's remember together how to simply, gloriously, courageously, and tenaciously be. Hello. Hello, hello, tenacious beings. Tenacious beings that you are. <clears throat> Excuse me. I just felt the need to take a big swig of water and I spilled it all over my face. Hopefully you're just watching. I mean, just listening, not watching. <laughs> Such is life. Welcome to episode seven of... And again, this is kind of funny because I'm recording them ahead of time and I still haven't chosen my name officially, the tenaciously being, tenaciously be, let's tenaciously be um, podcast. I don't exactly know how it's going to pan out, but we're here, we're recording it. And of utmost importance is authenticity and reality because I'm not much of a polished, um, edited, and produced person. So here we are. <laughs> Welcome to my chaos. I actually have a timer sitting in front of me um, with less than 30 minutes on it, so this is going to be a shortened podcast, or a shortened episode, as you probably already know when you clicked on it. And um, I'm going to go a little bit off-piste. Um, I don't have a whole lot to talk. I don't have a specific topic at this, I mean, well, okay, I've said before that I have this long list, um, legal size paper, with about 54 um, ideas on it, and we've crossed off six so far, although I think that um, the last episode was a little bit add on there, so call it 55 ideas, <laughs> and the one that I wanted to jump in on today, um, I do keep wanting to tell you about cyclical living and what I've learned there, but that one requires a little bit more pre preparation and planning, um, and I'm not there. My life has been fairly chaotic um, for the last, well, for the last two months especially. Um, this last week has been a little bit trying, and so I'm going to jump into this one that I've written here that says my shift from health coaching into motherhood, and um, I'm going to explain the pinball analogy, hopefully pretty quickly. Um, and just kind of talk a little bit about that and give a little bit of story. Um, part of the effort of recording all of these podcasts prior to actually launching my podcast is to find rhythm and to get into the habit of recording, of showing up here and recording. Um, hence the title, hence what I just said, um, I am a mother. <laughs> I am a mama of two beautiful girls, and um, my husband and I, we live we live together, we're married, um, 
and we've been going along on this parenthood journey for about six and a half years now as my oldest one's birthday is Halloween. So we're about six months away from her turning seven and then our youngest just turned four a couple of months ago. Um, and we both, um, we, I've considered myself a chronic entrepreneur my, my whole life. I've, I have worked for people, um, usually not for very long periods of time because that's not where I am the most successful. Um, my most successful jobs have been waiting tables and serving, bartending um, in that industry. And I credit that to this shift of perspective that I had back in college that um, the, that's the best place for me in the workforce because of my entrepreneurial spirit. Because in the right restaurant or you know, the right space, I can treat each day as its own little entrepreneurial endeavor. Um, I can have the crappiest day in the world and I can walk into my shift and wait tables and I can either be crappy to all of my guests and all of my customers because I've had a crappy day or I can shrug it off and um, put a smile on my face and make a lot more money and have a much more pleasant shift. So that reality kind of sunk in about 20 years ago that each shift is its own little entrepreneurial um, endeavor. And so therefore, you know, you kind of get to wipe the slate clean each time. Um, and you get, you have, I mean, of course you, you're working for a restaurant, you know, and there's a menu that you're dealing with and there's back of the house and there's always customers that will rile you and it's not always um, possible to just check your day at the door when you go into those kinds of things. Um, however, for the most part, that's where I've been the most successful in the workforce. And I believe that's because I have an entrepreneurial spirit. Now, motherhood hit me um, like a ton of bricks. <laughs> and I know that that happens to a lot of people and that I'm not alone in that respect. Um, as a child and pretty much right around adolescence, I had declared to myself that I was not going to be a mother. Um, my classic line was that there was plenty of unwanted children in the world and should I decide that I wanted to mother somebody specifically, I'll go find one of those children to take care of. And meanwhile, lucky you as a friend, you get a little dose of my mothering just by being my friend. Um, and I was happy to do that. I was going to be a great aunt. My youngest brother uh, had three kids before I even met my husband. Um, my sister, who's a little bit younger than me, she had her second um, about six months before I found out about we, us having children. So um, both of my brothers and sisters um, have already and had already embarked on that journey. And I, ironically, as the oldest, um, was the last one to the party. Um, and I, it was unexpected. And um, at first, I was really unsure. But I had reached a point in my life where I recognized um, that I was an adult and that I could take care of a child should one come to me. And I had faith in the universe that if it happens, it happens. And um, my health journey um, really did lead me to, um, to, to becoming pregnant and to being healthy enough to carry a child and grow a child because that is not for the faint of heart. Um, the body does 
amazing, miraculous things and growing other bodies <laughs> is definitely one of those amazing, miraculous things that the body does. Um, it happened right at the end of my coaching um, training and I um, was probably the healthiest I've ever been um, and, and I had been for probably about a year. I was thriving. I was feeling incredibly healthy, very strong, very fit. I had dropped down to pant and dress sizes that I had, I had practically never been um, because I grew pretty quickly <laughs> through adolescence. And um, I've gone through periods of my life of borderline obesity, at least, and um, if not obesity. And um, this was remarkable when I started healing on my healing journey. Um, I just immediately started dropping weight um, once I cut certain things out of my diet and started really changing my perspective on what it meant to lead a healthy life. Um, it all feels like such a long time ago at this point, um, but I'm super, super grateful for these experiences and for this understanding and this knowledge that was built up inside of me prior to embarking on this whole motherhood thing. Um, so yeah, so, um, you know, one of my biggest symptoms when I was first pregnant was just utter exhaustion. And I think at the time I had, um, we were ski bumming, um, as we, as we did, um, prior to living in Florida. And, um, I just got hit with complete exhaustion and I had like three bartending shifts at a, at a rum tasting place that closed at nine o'clock. And so it was like, all right, these shifts are only six, seven hours long. I make decent enough money to just keep those three. Like that's the only thing that I have left to do <laughs> for this ski season is just finish those shifts. And it wasn't a great ski season, not, not a lot of snow. So it's not like I was missing a whole lot on the mountain. I did get out here and there, but I, I just really, really, really slowed down. And there was days where it took a lot to get out of bed and I would eat something and then go pass out on the couch <laughs> and then wake up just in time to maybe take a shower, maybe not, and get to work. Um, and then as soon as I was home, I was back in bed immediately. I did tell one person at my job that she was the, the chef, so she was back in the kitchen and that's where I would go for reprieve when I needed to just sit down and have a snack. And she was the one that I needed to tell that this is why. So can you help me out here? And she did, she was very kind about it. Um, I'm, I'm thrilled about being a mother now, um, but this is not for the faint of heart. As I said before, um, motherhood, sure, anybody can do it. And a lot of people do without the same sort of, um, you know, background and knowledge and, and, and understanding as I do. I mean, why would anybody have the exact same background, understanding and knowledge as I do? We're all so different, right? And we're all going to do motherhood differently. We're all going to do family life differently. That's part of the beauty of being human and being able to do that. Um, we set ourselves up differently. We have very different family dynamics. I mean, there's nothing same about any of this. But one of the things that I do feel is relatively same is that we all deserve some grace. We all deserve some grace towards ourselves and towards others. Um, 
just because it's easy doesn't mean we're ready to, I mean, just because it's not easy doesn't mean that we're constantly ready to bail. It doesn't mean that we want to walk away from it. It doesn't mean that we need to be saved or we need someone to swoop in and take it from us. Take the struggles, take the turmoil, take the objections, take the, the complications, take the tantrums. Um, voicing our struggle in motherhood is not a request for a superhero to show up. Now, I'm speaking for myself. I can't speak for other mothers. I can't speak for you if you are a mother. Um, and I can't even speak for my partner in this, in, this, uh, in this respect. But I know that I myself don't like it when um, I feel like someone has come in and taken over the situation because they can see that I'm struggling. And this might be kind of a bigger topic, but here we are, right? How many more minutes do I have left? <laughs> um, and that might sound like a little bit weird for today's day and age. And I may not have, um, I may not have led up to that, um, you know, entirely. <laughs> um, and that might be a little bit offensive to some people, um, especially the people who like to help and like to support um, mothers and, and families, especially with young children. Um, but it's the truth, okay? Um, it's really not helpful to help people unless they ask for help. And typically if someone needs help and they are not comfortable asking for it, it might be because they don't know how in the world to use your help. And so in a very basic parenting um, experience, if mom's been home with the kids all day and they are full of tantrums, um, you know, when they're whining and crying, sure, mom needs a break. Mom may need to get outside, take a walk or something. Um, just, you know, have a breather a little bit. But mom doesn't need you to come in and do all the things that she was juggling um, on top of her. Because it, it, it's probably not... Um, consciously that we do these things but subconsciously there is a major burn that happens when you come in and do something over somebody when they feel perfectly capable of taking care of that now it's a weird situation when it's like yeah that is what I needed and so thank you you know or if you come in <laughs> It's funny because I just jumped into a, in my head, just jumped to a, a landlord leasey <laughs> situation that I had. It's not the same case, but you know, if you're ever doing something and you expect a thank you for it, you might wonder what your motives for doing it were. As a mother, I don't necessarily need someone to come in and take care of all the things that I was juggling just because I wasn't accomplishing all of them. <laughs> Am I making any sense? I might not be making any sense, but this is really, really, really an important part of 
becoming a mother and being able to set boundaries and being my own person. I do need help. I want help. I absolutely want help. And nine times out of the 10, out of 10, the help is probably stuff like taking care of dinner and giving me some space for a walk and, you know, helping the girls brush their teeth or something like that. You know, things that, that we see that are obviously needing to be done. But it's almost this like superhero swoop in that probably feels really good for the masculine. And it's really soul crushing for the feminine. And it really, really, it demeans all of the efforts. And usually it looks super simple and really smooth and like that was easy. And what it does is it layers on this feeling of really not enoughness and um, that I'm a failure because I can't do all of those things, even though I've been trying all day long to do those things. Um, and what that does is it just kind of, there's an element of like, puts her in her place, which is not nice. <laughs> I don't think we ever really need to put mothers in their place. I think that mothers are shining, amazing examples of what it looks like to be unconditionally loving to humans. Yes, it's there, tiny little humans, but that type of unconditional love is, it's a muscle and it needs to be flexed. And it's ironic that I never wanted to be a mother because I flexed that muscle a lot as a, as a maiden <laughs> before I hit motherhood. I flexed that nurture muscle a lot. And it's, um, I guess, I guess it feels a little bit easier to flex that muscle. And it's one of those weird things that it, when it feels easy, you feel like you're not doing enough, you know, but really that's just like the programming that we've, that's been installed in us, trying to keep us small. Because if we can spend more time doing the things that we're good at, um, as women, as mothers, that's nurturing. That's being there for the kids, especially at the young ages. And if, and if dads and parents and the people that are supporting the mothers and supporting the families, <clears throat> excuse me, with help, it's important to let the mothers do the part that, that really, that they're really designed to do. And so taking the lead on things like deciding what's for dinner, helping buy the ingredients for dinner, looking up recipes, cleaning up after dinner, that type of stuff is really helpful, but it's really only helpful when it's planned ahead of time and when it's, when it's asked for. This didn't need to be turned into a lecturehood of a lecture on motherhood or on how to support mothers. But what I've learned through this journey from health coaching into motherhood is that one of the best things that I can do for myself when I don't have anyone to swoop in, or even when I do have someone swoop in and 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 it leads to this feeling of not being enough because I'm a failure because I couldn't do it by myself. Um, is that I deserve some grace because this isn't easy. 
raising small children. I don't care how much help you have. I don't care where you live in the world. I don't care how much you've wanted to do this. You know, that's another one that, that people who did want to be mothers and who do want to be mothers and who have craved for this and tried for this their whole lives and they feel such a calling to this, they still get swallowed by these thoughts. Because, and, it, and it's really, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's an unfortunate um, consequence of the feminist movement of the 70s and 80s or 60s and 70s is that we are now expected to do both, right? To be, to be um, productive and, and um, what's the word? Members of society, you know, productive members of society. We can, we can have careers, we can do what, what um, our heart's work is and we can, we can provide for our families and for ourselves and, and there is pride in that and we can do all those things and we can also be the nurturers in the family and we can have children and we can raise good children and all that stuff too. Um, that puts a lot of stress on us. <laughs> can you see that? Can you see where there's a lot of stress put on the woman and the mother? because that's exactly what I'm experiencing right now. I was building a career, I was starting to build a career that was really life-giving and it was really keeping me healthy and feeling good. And it got put on complete hold while I, while I had children. And that was a conscious decision. It was very much a talked about decision and we've done some great things. We've started a different business and that business now helps us survive. And, and over the last three or four years, I have been able to dabble back into not so much health coaching, but my art and my creativity. And I've been wondering for a really long time, where does creativity and health coaching intersect? And, and honestly, I believe it intersects in motherhood. And I think that that's why the universe sent me children and why they picked me is because I'm here to intersect being a healthy human and recognizing my creativity in the world and um some of the ways that i've come to realize that and recognize that lately is that this talking to you right now especially the way it's off script and unedited and a little bit you know wandering if you will um how it's it's genuine and that's all i can give you and this is my creative spirit coming through this is just a fun little conversation that I'm having with you. Um, this is not meant to be preachy or how it is or um, teaching. I'm just sharing. I'm sharing my experience. I'm sharing my troubles. This last particular week has been a shining example of this because um, our, <clears throat> our work relationship um, in the house is that we both work out of the house. My my. Hey there, friends. I just wanted to pop in real quick uh, before the end of the show and say thank you. Thank you for listening to my thoughts and ramblings on how it is in the world. <laughs> I hope you feel the love I pour into this project. As a practitioner of the do less method, as well as an effort to hashtag fuck the shits, I've decided to forego traditional marketing and monetizing this project. Pop podcast and am instead relying on our connection creating a ripple effect. 
If you thought of a loved one, a friend, a coworker, or fellow confused human while you've been listening, please remember how easy it is to share. Look for the little box with the arrow pointing up, copy the link, and paste it in a text message. You can write something like, I thought of you when I listened to this, and press send. I'd also be remiss to not remind you that follows, likes, comments, and reviews all go a long way in the grand scheme of reaching more like-minded humans. So again, thank you so much for being here. I'm excited to be on this journey with you, and I am very grateful for your support. Let's get back to the episode. Business is not a, it's not a, um, I don't have specific customers that are, that are relying on me. Um, I make art and I put it out there. I do workshops and I put them out there when I'm available for them. I do markets and I sell my stuff, but I'm, I don't have consistent customers coming into me. Our other business does. Our other business has people that are expecting services and we have to do billing and all that stuff. And so there's a big scene going on. I, I point this way because it's right on the other side of this wall I'm looking at. Um, and my husband has had to take care of that while we've made some major transitions in our home, we've moved and we've also brought the girls in for, for homeschooling and at a young age as well. Um, COVID taught us that we can do that. Um, the, the, the pandemic shutdown taught us that we actually found a great rhythm there. And so our intention was to go back to that rhythm, but given the changes that we've had in our life, we haven't been able to hit that rhythm and more and more and more so specifically over the last two months has the, the, the childcare and the homeschooling and the home life fallen on my shoulders because my husband's had to take on more and more and more of his business. Um, it's okay. This is this is life. This is this is what happens. However, that has hit me really, really, really hard, and um, and it's it's been another instance of um, facing, you know, backburnering my desires again, and that's that's a hard pill to swallow, and it ties up a whole lot of the not enoughness feelings. It really does. It kind of it it, it it's anchored in that not enoughness. Um, that I can't show up for my business and my heart's work. Um, I can't create while I am spending the day-to-day with my children. Now, that's a story that I'm telling myself. Absolutely, that's a story I'm telling myself. And it's not 100% of the truth. There are many perspectives that, that can shift, that can allow there to be more space for me and for what I want out of life. Um, I mean, for heaven's sake, I'm an artist and I have a studio sitting right here. And of course I have it set up for my kids too. They can be in here and they spend a lot of time in here and it's great. Um, but it's, you know, there's not consistency. I don't show up at a certain time and we aren't able to, you know, set up much rhythm right now. And what happened in the last week was, um, a, you know, a little bit of a fever and a, and a, turned into some ulcers in her mouth um, with the youngest. And at four years old, the only thing that really comforts them is cuddles. And I never realized how overwhelmed I could be from cuddles. <laughs> and it's been interesting to watch one myself really kind of start melting and um, reacting to not having any personal space even. Um, but to, to see this in other people too, and to the people, the grandparents that are around, my partner is also overwhelmed by the cuddles. 
and the grandparents are overwhelmed by the cuddles and um, I think she knows that she is overwhelming all of us by the insistence of, of, of wanting to just be held constantly. Um, and our choice of treating um, illnesses and things of this nature is homeopathically and um, that's longer. This is, that's the longer game. That's letting the body do what it needs to do. And my gosh, how amazingly, magically perfect our bodies really are when given half the chance to heal. And these things, even like canker sores in our mouths and fevers and blisters and things like that, um, rashes, these things are signs of healing, of processing. And as are the frustrations of motherhood, they are signs of healing and processing. And we have a lot coming up in society. I mean, there's a lot coming to the surface right now in society. Um, you really have to be living under a rock to not see some of the controversy and the, the, the happenings that are happening in society. And a lot of it is wrapped up in colonialism, patriarchy, capitalism, all these big isms, all these big structures, all these big systems that our society has been built on for a really long time. And so I find it so beautiful that health coaching led me to motherhood and motherhood has led me back to creativity and how the whole thing has wound into this space given the state of the world these days where I can now see how beautiful of an opportunity it is to just be. To be ourselves, to just be, in fact, to tenaciously be you, right? That's what we're here for. We are here to live out our magical life right in front of our eyes. And we get to choose the partners we get to play with. We, 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 I suppose we don't get to choose our children, but they choose us. And, and it's an opportunity. And it's a beautiful opportunity. And it's not always easy. And when it's not easy, may I offer the reminder that grace goes a really long way. I have a friend who named her fourth child Grace. And I just love it because that's what we need more of in life. We need more grace towards ourselves and especially others because this is not easy for anybody. It's definitely not easy if you're a mother or a partner to a mother or you came from a mother, <laughs> right? It's not easy for anybody right now. So bless you, thank you, and may I send a little grace your way for being the amazing human that you are and for walking the planet as we are. And, you know, hopefully you can find some grace for yourself and know that you're here with purpose, you're here with reason. And however it went today, whether the dishes got done or not, whether you, I don't know, bagged the client or not, whether you, did I say that right? <laughs> whether you picked them up on time or not, don't worry about it. Life keeps going on, okay? And we are here. 
we're here to experience it. So may you give yourself a little more grace. May you give others a little bit more grace and may you enjoy this beautiful journey called life. Thank you for being here. Thank you.